Let me start with, uh, before reading the passage here, because this is a special book that we're going to use. It's a very common passage, as you know. But it's not just common, because it's always current. And you can read through, and uh, I always go back on any day of the year or any day of the season of what we're going through as a family and in the ministry and find and draw encouragement from the passage that we're going about to read. But let me bring you back to the time when I left home. This is right after high school. And you found faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. And uh, I'm very determined, very focused, very resolved that the Lord not only saved me, but the Lord is calling me to the full-time ministry. And so I'm preparing myself to go to Christian college and seminary afterwards. But the problem is I grew up in a non-Christian born-again family. And um, we haven't even had in the past or years prior to this that knowing Jesus Christ in a personal way by faith. And so when I ask permission to my parents, the answer is already expected. The answer is no. Unless I'll pursue what I've started doing it early on going to the Roman Catholic Seminary. To make the story short, my parents never gave blessings um, on me when I left home. It's, it's so vivid, it's heartbreaking when you see your mom crying, right? And dad is not around purposely because he's not in agreement of me going to a Bible college and to the seminary. But the passage that we're about to read today made a great impact on me. It is a passage that I visit time to time, drawing encouragement. And uh, it is a passage that we're going to study today. So please, join me. Let's all stand. And uh, you can refer to the screen uh, with the Christian Standard Bible, or you can refer to the Bible that you have in front of you, or your Bible app. Whatever you're, you're comfortable with the version that you're using, but let me read through what I've been using it for the past few years now, Christian Standard Bible, Philippians chapter 3. Well, let me begin in verse number 12. I know the one projected there beginning in verse 13, but let me include verse 12, and then all of us in unison uh, join me in verse 13 and verse 14. Here's what the Apostle Paul to, uh, said to the Philippian church. Not that I have already reached the goal or I'm already perfect, but I make every effort to take hold of it because I also have been taken hold of by Christ Jesus. And then all together in the next two verses. Brothers and sisters, I do not consider myself to have taken hold of it but one thing I do, forgetting what is behind and reaching forward to what is ahead, I pursue as my goal the prize promised by God's heavenly call in Christ 
Jesus. And let me end up on verse 15 on my text here. Therefore, let all of us who are mature think this way. And if you think differently about anything, God will reveal this also to you. May the good Lord bless the reading of the scripture. Let's pause there and let's uh, ask the Lord to bless us and prepare us and may his spirit that is indwelling uh, to each of us, you know, will convict each of us and prepare us. And we're going to meet the Lord this time around. Let's pray together. Father, in Jesus' name, we submit to your will. We submit to the prompting of the Holy Spirit that is within. May we respond accordingly by faith. And that we will not be only hearers of your word, but doers. And that we will, Father, live this place, resolve. And there's one thing we wanted to do, Father, and it is to know you more and more. And make you known through our lives. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. The passage, as I've, I've just said, it's so common. You have read it many, many times. You have memorized it from uh, your small group to the children's ministry growing up. Uh, this is my memory verse when I was in, in youth ministry. Uh, this is my memory verse when I went to Bible college and seminary. Uh, it is still my memory verse. Year after year, nothing changed. It's so current. It's so powerful. And it's so special because this is a personal letter from the Apostle Paul given to the Philippian church. It is personal. It is special because there's no other Christian church during the time that been so generous, been so loyal, that been there through thick and thin in the journey and the ministry of the Apostle Paul. In fact, if you dig deeper to the book of Philippians, you will find out that, that, that the city of Philippi is special because it is a name after the father of Alexander the Great, his father Philippi of Macedon. It is one of the colonized during his time and made it a capital city of his empire. But it's more special to the Apostle Paul because, as I've said, they have remained faithful and loyal to him. That even in the prison time, they were there to provide for their needs. Another note that you should understand here, too, this is the very first church that he planted in the, in the continent of Europe. It is special. It is the reason why it's special because when I went to the seminary, Remember, no blessing at all from my parents, and I have only 35 pesos in my pocket that's less than a dollar uh, to the currency right now, and I don't know if I can make it throughout the, just, the, just the first semester. 
But on that first day, when I showed up to my dormitory assigned to me in the room, grabbed my things, put it in my bed, and then somebody showed up. Somebody showed up, and he said, are you Mr. Giannis? And then I said, yes, sir. And the person that asked me that, he said, follow me. And for whatever reason, I followed. For whatever reason, I never asked who he was. So I followed him. We walk in the campus, and we went to one of the, uh, one of the houses there. He opened the garage. We went through the garage and then to the kitchen. And then he said, you know what, uh, Peter, from now on, he saw the kitchen and then the dining table, from now on, he said, you're going to eat breakfast here, lunch, and dinner, free of charge, on my first day in the Bible school. So I wonder who's this guy? Well, I found out later in our conversation, he was the president of the Bible College and Seminary, the late Dr. Manuel Badar. And I go back to this passage over and over again. Philippians chapter 3, 13 and 14. I've learned that instead of being a multitask, I've learned that as this as, as you know, doing a lot of things at the same time, I've learned to just concentrate on a bigger thing one at a time. Because too many of us, too many of us, um, concentrate on many things, and yet the secret to growth and you accomplish more is to do one thing, one at a time. One at a time. Looking at verse 13 on the very first clause of verse 13 of chapter 3, go back to that. And it said here in verse 13, Brothers and sisters, I do not consider or count not myself to have taken hold of it or to have apprehended or made it my own. If you ask the Apostle Paul about one thing he wanted to do, and remember this is 30 years later after he came to know Jesus Christ in a personal way. 30 years later. Prior to that, he had been faithful to what he believed it's true. Chasing and, and persecuting and putting believers or followers of Jesus Christ into prison because he, he thought that's one thing that he wanted to do. That until in, in the book of Acts that he found that he met Jesus Christ and he came to know the Lord in a personal way and that he went on the three-year journey of studying the scripture with the Holy Spirit himself preparing for the ministry. Thirty years later, he penned down this personal letter and he said, one thing I do. Verse 13, the first clause sentence here said that, but I never consider myself that I already arrived never even holding unto, apprehended upon, that I know Jesus Christ 100%. He realized that there's more about our Jesus. He realized that there's more about God. Nothing in this life can say, I have known Him. 
100%. That is the reason why we come back here once a week and you go back to the scripture every day. That is the reason why that at the beginning of the year we're all together and, 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 and with confidence and, and with excitement forecast what would happen again for 2022. Who had ever thought what we have gone through, right? What we went through for the entire 2021. We thought Nashville is the promised land two years ago. We moved, and then two months later, lockdown. And at the very first week, my wife Irene reporting to Vanderbilt Children's Hospital. <laughs> that very first week, who had ever thought that we have gone through what we have gone through? Paul continued to wanted to know more of his Jesus Christ. In fact, he, he pointedly repeated it. You know, he repeated his statement in verse number 12 that he has not yet reached the final goal as stated in verse number 10, and that is the supreme goal of knowing him. See, knowing Jesus Christ, 100%, would, would be the best thing that would ever happen to you. There will be no more question. There will be no more doubts. There will be no more of why this, why that. It will come. It will come. That is the main goal of the Apostle Paul. If I'm going to ask you a personal question of if there's one thing that you, you know, like badly and so resolved that you wanted to, wanted to accomplish this year, what would it be for 2022? What would be that single thing that you wanted to accomplish in your personal career, maybe your profession, or maybe as a parent, or, or maybe a follower of Jesus Christ, or maybe just simply as a student? What would that be? So I want you to think through with that, that as we go through the passage, we go through to the message today, and hoping that at the end you marry with uh, the lessons that well, we're going to learn together here at the very end. Now, one thing I do, and this is the very theme that we're talking about today, one thing I do, and that will be on the next slide, you will see it there, one thing I do based on this passage this short but forceful sentence of uh, interjection which suggests a singleness and purpose of the heart. One thing I do, and I want you to adopt that beginning of 2022. One thing I must do. One thing that we must do. One thing is, is a church, Clairview Baptist, one thing we must do. Look at now in the second sentence of verse 13, because it all, all started with one thing I do, and then you will find the phrase, forgetting what is behind. One thing I do, said Paul, forgetting what is past. And with this is, let me submit and suggest to you to continue learning from the undeniable past. 
Well, let me submit to you that you cannot move forward, not until you have learned and embraced what had happened yesterday, or else it were, it's going to haunt you for the rest of 2022. There's no other way that you have to learn from them than move forward. That is a suggestion here in the text. The word forgetting means to neglect, overlook, care nothing about. If we will just consider just the, the, the word forgetting, that's what it meant. But Paul is suggesting here that one thing I do, forgetting what is behind, and you learn it within the context he's referring to, that you have to constantly learning from the past so that you can easily embrace what present and get excited about the future. Not until you have done that, and it's so hard to build more height to the foundation not until you have learned from the past. And it's the word forgetting. It is in progress. It is, it is continuous on the tense that's been used in the text. And so keep on forgetting because it will happen over and over and over again. Something happened again over. It might be similar to it, not exactly with it, but it will happen again. But don't get tired of learning from it. That's the secret to the progress Paul is referring to here. You see the phrase, what is behind? What is behind, Paul refused to be controlled or absorbed by his past. And that's what referring to forgetting what is behind. Don't allow your past to control you. Don't allow your past that you will be contented and said, you know, you always dwell on the heyday during my days, during my time. Hey, you're on 2022 now. What have you learned yesterday, the past year, the past couple of years? And Paul saying, forgetting what is behind, don't allow it to control you, absorb you by your past. Paul exactly here, if you dig deeper on the text, he's referring to his personal confidence in verse, uh, verses 5 to 7, or his spiritual attainment in verse number 8. He will not allow either the achievements of the past, which God has wrote or uh, brought upon, for that matter, his failures as Christian to prevent his gaze from being fixed and firmly to the Savior that he is serving. You ask him what's been accomplished in the flesh, he said, I have. I've done it. I've been there. Spiritual attainment, been, been 30 years later already. <laughs> I've learned how to faithfully serve him in prison, and out of prison. Men, friends, followers, Clairview Baptist family, if there's one thing that we needed to agree upon is whatever happened yesterday, live it yesterday. And let us move on together. World is dying. World needs hope of Jesus Christ.
if something happened to you in the past as a student, as a parent, please learn from it and embrace what's coming. And with that, a fresh and new, new resolve, we will all together serve God faithfully. Now, look at on the next line, because not only did you have to learn from the undeniable past, he moves on by saying on the text, one thing I do, and then he connected this phrase, reaching forward to what is ahead. Not only living what is behind, but ready to reach forward. And what is that? And this is a lesson of living for the unprecedented present. The time that we are in is a new normal. At the time that we're in, we'll no longer go back 10 years ago. 10 years ago, 20 years ago, the first time I was here, um, 24, 25 years ago, um, I enjoyed the United States of America. When I said it, the one I thought of about America is the America that I've been reading, America that I've been watching, America that I've been, been one day I'll be there. But 20 years later, it's a different United States of America. Do we need to continue complaining and go back 20 years ago? Do we need to continue whining and say, this is not the time or the, the way we did in the past? And I've been preaching to my children over and over about that. <laughs> During my years in the Philippines, you know, my age, with your age in the Philippines, I'm already working full-time and do this and that. And when my parents said my name and I'll run to the best, you know, as fast as I can and be there on time. Well, here's what it said here. Verse 13 and the third sentence, reaching forward to what is ahead. Now, the word reaching, very interesting. Because the word reaching, Paul used the imagery of a runner who has one object in view. It is a word. Namely, that of finishing the race and winning the prize. Paul strained forward with all his might towards the finish line. It is a picture of a runner with his head up, eyes fixed, head, you know, bent, bent down because he can't wait to cross the finish line. Uh, you know, our two children, our two young adults, during their high school days, uh, from, from first grade to grade 12, they enjoy not only music, they enjoyed all kinds of sports, from football to soccer to track and field uh, to basketball. In fact, let me use Shekinah. Uh, Shekinah is a three, uh, uh, three sports athlete. Uh, both of them uh, played varsity sports in high school. Shekinah is one of a kind, too, because she's the only one. Christian did soccer and basketball. She kind of did track and field additional to those two sports. But naturally, from middle school, he, she fell in love with high jump. She fell in love with high jump. For whatever reason, 
middle school, she competed with public school, and coaches are looking at her right away because of the four, like a perfect four. We never had a professional uh, uh, training for her, but, you know, I watch a lot of YouTube. <laughs> and then, come here, honey. And then frame by frame, frame by frame, we study. <laughs> So every practice, the coach asked me to be present every single time in, in the high school. And they asked me to videotape all of the high jumpers. And then right after jump, they go to me directly, and then we will uh, show to them frame by frame what they had just done. And encourage them, thank God for YouTube again, <laughs> and tell them, see, you, you, you did an extra step. You, you run so fast, or you, run, you, you jump too early near to the bar, or when you about to cross the bar, you forgot to drop your shoulder right away. You forgot to do a frag leg when you're jumping. All of those techniques I've learned it from watching, but I've learned it from doing it with Shekinah. And by the way, I, I, I can brag with Shekinah because Shekinah, from a private school, she competed to the public school, and every me, she always finished first or second. In our county, county she's one of the best. So we thought that's going, moving forward to college, uh, other scholarship and others, but uh, on the soccer game, she hurt uh, her knee, uh, so she had already a reconstructed ACL. That's with Christian, to a very promising point guard for our school. And, and then I did, too. So I, it, it runs with the family. I have my ACL, MCL, too. But, but the point of the matter here, with this imagery that Paul is used here on reaching, it requires discipline. It requires paying attention to the details. It requires that you have to... Um, live by what is the expectation, what is expected to you when you have to really do your part. It's a reaching to the goal. It's not only you just finish the crossing line and done, but you wanted to do it with excellence. You wanted to cross the line with, you know, Jesus Christ is waiting there and that he will say to you, thou good and faithful servant. The name and the word of the game is the word faithfulness. And that's why we're talking. You know, the journey, Christian, in ministry, whatever you do, God requires you to be faithful. And in doing so is you keep reaching. You keep mastering. So that by the time you're about to crown this line, you finish a race. And it's all for God and for Him alone. Leave for the present time. Reach forward. Look at Hebrews chapter 12, verses 1 and 2, because we can use this as a good example passage. It said there on your screen, Therefore, since we also have such a large cloud of witnesses surrounding us, those who have gone ahead of us, those who have crossed the finish line, those who have been faithfully done their part, because if you go back to Hebrews chapter 11, you know, person by person, everyone, it's all about faithfulness. By faith, by faith, by faith, by faith. If that will be the requirement, then all of us can do that too. 
I don't have to be a 10-year-old in a Christian faith. I don't have to be a 20-year-old in my Christian faith. I don't have to be old enough to practice and exercise faith. Every one of us here can be faithful to what God has been entrusted to you for now and keep entrusting more as you grow in your ministry. Therefore, since we also have such a large cloud of witnesses surrounding us, and then here are, I put it on the three uh, uh, highlighted lines there. It said, let us lay aside every hindrance and the sin that is so easily ensnare us. Let us run with endurance the race that, that lies before us. Keep our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of our faith. Uh, for the joy that lay before him, he endured the cross, despising the shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. And very clearly here that when we reach forward, when we reach forward, the author of the book of Hebrews suggested, let us lay aside every hindrance. Laying aside every hindrance. Uh, Christian life is an endurance race. It's not a sprint. One key to finishing well is to become as aerodynamic as possible. Master that. That is the reason why you charge to experience and then you will be the master of it. Because you learn from the past and at the present time, uh, reaching forward, and you're ready for this. You're ready for this. Living for the moment, living for the present time. And so lay aside every hindrance. And, and the apostle compares this weight to sin. In the same way, that dragging a weight behind us while running slows us down so sin keeps us from performing as we should. His advice, cut loose. Live for the moment. Run with endurance is the next phrase he said here. Our, ours is not a race that is like anyone else. Our sovereign Lord has placed each of us in a different course. However, the finish line, the message, never change. You have to cross the finish line. You have to run the race that is set before you. And there's no other way that you can compare your lane to the other lane. Because you have to run in your land or you will be decued, right? Stay in your lane. Penn Relay, uh, sponsored by University of Pennsylvania, that is famous. It's a world renowned. All of the best sprinters and runners, they show up once a year. Shikarna did it two, three times. But to them, it's not just about, you know, winning the prize or making it to the podium. To, to them, it's about being part of it. And to them, it's about finishing the race and crossing the line. And, and to them, is wearing that phrase, pen relay. And to them, is having the pen of uh, uh, pen relay and attach it to their uniform or to their backpack. And it, it's all about that. Uh, the, the point of the matter here is um, 
running with endurance requires of it, but it's rewarding. The pain, the time that's spent, it's rewarding. I'm telling you, from day one, I've watched like almost maybe 95, 98% of all of their games. I, I drive an hour or two with Irene just to watch our boys, our, our boy and our girl. If it's at the same time, day and time of the sports, Irene will go to Shekinah, I'll go to Christian. Next time around, I'll go to Christian's game, and Irene goes to Shekinah's game. <laughs> the word of the time is a funny one, and, and on the soccer, I think Shekinah is only, um, I forget if it's middle school, and Irene is on the sideline. I saw her afar off because Christian is done with the sports. So we went there. So Irene is cheering and screaming at the height of her voice. Go, Shekinah, go, go, go. And, and then we went to the other sideline. I saw Shekinah on the sideline. She's not even in the game. <laughs> and then we realized because they look alike, you know, uh, soccer players, long hair, you know, tall, dark hair, muzzle band. And, and she thought of one of the young girls as Shekinah. But anyway... Uh, she's cheering for the team. <laughs> she's cheering for the team. So this is a run with endurance. And then the next phrase, but it's very important, keep our eyes on Jesus. Uh, runners are always challenged to not look back or behind them if they begin to hear footsteps. So this looking back often causes them a stride. In a foot race, one stride can be the difference in winning and losing. If we are to look Christ, we must look away from other things. And then taking our eyes off Jesus is the same as looking back. The moment you, you hold your, put your hand on the plow, right? You put your hand on the plow and tilling the ground, don't look back. Don't look back. I, I've seen it. This myself, I grew up in, in a place that in front of us is a rice field, back of us is a cornfield. I have a lot of great stories there because, you know, during the night we can go to the cornfield and get corn free, uh, unless you will be caught. <laughs> so growing up, we did that. But in the cornfield, but, but before that, you know, on the rice field, they plowed the land. They prepared the land and they plowed the land. And I see it as... Uh, this farmer holding the plow, right? And it, he's in charge. And, and then the, the carabao, it's not a cow, it's a carabao, you know, and the, command of the, and the command of the farmer and then fixed in front of, of him. Not looking on the side, looking at the back because that would not help you moving forward. So plowing together, it requires each one of us the moment you put your hand on the plow, don't look back. You have learned already from the past. And then for the moment, for the current time, you're living the moment. You're seizing the time. You're doing everything you can to be part of the team of Clairview Baptist. Give us Franklin and beyond. And then with, the, with the new series that we're going to have the next Sunday... Keep plowing together, and let's do that together for 2022. Uh, and that is about Hebrews chapter 12. Now, let me close on this. Because in verse 13, he taught us two lessons there 
learn from the past. Live for the present. But verse 14, Paul learned this many, in many ways. He never left not only learning from the past and seizing the moment, but he gets excited of what's ahead. He's excited about what's ahead. It's the reason why Pastor Jason here, you know, gave us the vision that the Lord spoken to him in the leadership, and they're sharing to us time to time. For the reason, because we wanted to be get excited too. Whatever God has been, uh, been declared already and impressed upon the heart of the pastor and the leadership, it's for all of us. And so when he's rallying behind here and teaching us the word and teaching us where to go, put your hand in the plow and together get excited for 2022 and beyond. Are you excited? And uh, here's what Paul said uh, here in the text. Pursue, or he said, I pursue as my goal the price promised by God's heavenly call in Christ Jesus. And that is longing. Longing for the future, the ultimate prize. Longing for the time that we will be there. It's no longer earth. It's no longer United States of America. It's no longer new normal. But you're talking about eternity where there's no more pain, no more death. It's all joy and worship of the Heavenly Father with angelic hosts together. Lifting at the name Jesus Christ. And that's where you're heading. Get excited about it. That's where all of us believers in Jesus Christ, if you have placed your trust upon Jesus Christ, if you're watching there right now, repent from your sin and by faith entrust your life to Jesus Christ. And He promised. He promised eternal hope. You will be with Him in eternity. It is an exciting day. And, and Paul never just learned from the past. Paul is just not encouraging us to live for the moment. Paul has wanted you to bring you beyond and get excited what's to come. Get excited what's to come. Uh, we were gifted with a couple of tickets today uh, to watch Titans and uh, Dolphins. Uh, in in few minutes, <laughs> and well, we're on D section, second row, special. But we're watching the forecast. <laughs> I think it's not a good timing. <laughs> Maybe they thought because we're from Pennsylvania, we're used to it. That's the reason why we left Pennsylvania. <laughs> but well, we were going to embrace ourselves and, and get rid of with it. But wouldn't it be great that even watching the game, uh, we will be late. Anyway, the seat is there, not living. The seat is still there. <laughs> but I'm telling, wouldn't it be great that you know who's going to win prior to coming? So you just go along with the cheer, but you know what's the outcome. And that's who we are. That's who we are. When Jesus Christ was nailed on the cross, right? He, everybody thought he was a loser. He was defeated already. Much more when he was buried on the ground. But on the third day, he rose again. 
The Lord Jesus Christ, whom you trusted your life and your eternity, he defeated once and for all the enemy, death, and Satan himself. And that's what Paul is trying to remind all of us here. And he knew, Philippian church, you're very generous. Philippian church, there's something heresy going on. Philippian church, there's disunity among yourselves. Uh, Philippian church, you might, be, you might not be the, the major uh, population in, in the city of Philippi because most of them are Gentiles. But hey, he said, you have to long for the future. You're secured. Jesus Christ is with you, and he will bring you to eternity. It is, it is a place where you're walking in the streets of gold. Wow. And that's what he said. Pursue means pressing on and not allowing any destruction. It is the vision of the end that directs. It is the vision of the end that motivates. It is the direction of the end that gives you excitement. Clearview Baptist, long for the future. <laughs> Don't just be short-sighted. I know there are a lot of things going on in your family, in your personal life, in your student life. A lot of things going on in our country right now. A lot of going on in other parts of the world. But take heart. Future is so bright. He is still sitting on the throne. He is in charge. Let me close on this three quick lessons, putting it all together, because I don't want you to just dismiss you and, and Irene and I change for the game <laughs> this afternoon. Uh, any tip, you can see us after the service. Our resolve together should be undeterred. Let me repeat that. Your resolve as a believer of Jesus Christ should be undeterred. Non-negotiable. You don't negotiate. Because here's what Paul learned from this text. Constant learning from your daily experience. You need to submit and say to yourself, I will never be controlled by the past, nor live in the past, but I'll make it sure I'll use it to my advantage, learning it so that I'll become a better person, a better wife, a better husband, a better believer of Jesus Christ, a better student, a better friend, a better member of Clareview Baptist, constantly learning. Uh, this is for us. This is for us. Those daily experiences, they might like a repeat to you, but it will be a new experience again. But the Lord really made it happen for you to go through such, uh, that daily experience so that you will learn to entrust everything to Him. Learn from it constantly. And then here's another thing is you have to be carefully living. Your earthly mission is you have to exactly be careful on what you say, how you do, what, what's your social media look like? Because not only reflecting of who you are, you reflect the citizenship you have in heaven. It reflects all of us, Clareview Baptists. So you have to be careful. And well, let me use it because 
Anyway, it's already 11.52. In the Philippines, uh, most of our houses surrounded by fences. You notice that? You go to other places. That is why when we came to America, I said, wow, they don't have fences. So no bad people can easily go in and go out. In the Philippines, you know, we're surrounded by fences, and not only high, that would even <laughs> uh, hide the beautiful house. At the top of the fence, they put broken glasses, sharp objects. That's, not, that's what we do. It, it's a deterrent from, from bad people. But here's what I wanted you to clearly listen to me. I watch cats, kittens, walk through at the top of the fence with broken, sharp objects. But if you see that cat walking over the fence with sharp objects, not even looking down. And I think they're even like singing. If they're from Nashville. <laughs> Here's my point. The careful living is similar to what, how the cat walking through over sharp objects. That's the phrase you will find in the New Testament that said, walk circumspectly. The word circumspectly mean carefully. And it's what Paul is trying to understand here for all of us to understand that when you walk, Worthy of the calling when you live for Jesus Christ, you have to live your life carefully. It is not calculated because it's done with, with, with your whole heart. It's done for Jesus Christ. And so it will become natural if you just walk. Whistling and singing. Because you know why? You knew it. You've been saved. You're secured for eternity. And so, careful living is what requires as part of your earthly mission. And then lastly, I've been discussing this with my wife. I said, you know, that celebratory longing, um, I'm not forcing the alliteration here, but I found it very good. <laughs> You know, the celebratory, live, uh, celebratory longing, it, it is the same way, get excited with what's to come. And here's what my point where I use that one. Please, Clairview Baptist family, my Clairview Baptist, you don't just constantly learning and carefully living for Jesus Christ, but don't act as if you're defeated. Whatever happening to your life in school, at work, at home, chin up with pride because Jesus Christ have won it already. Amen. He has done and finished it for you. The future is so bright. But act and behave triumphantly with Jesus Christ in us. We welcome 2022.
You know, you often don't think about sharing something with somebody like a tweet or an email or sending them a sermon or sending them a podcast. You don't often think of that as missions, but it is. It's not that you have to send it to the whole world or post every single thing we do at Clearview on your feed. But if if you've heard a sermon or if you've listened to a podcast, think through your life. I mean, God, who needs to hear this? Sometimes it, it, it doesn't need to go on your Facebook page. Sometimes it needs to go on your Twitter. But sometimes just a simple text to one person can make all the difference in the world to sending them the Word of God in real time. Share it. You'd be surprised how far it goes.